Welcome to our series, God's Church on the Move, the podcast that takes you to the spiritual hotspots around the world where God is transforming lives and building His kingdom. With me in the studio today are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome, guys. Hi, Joy. Hi. So I know that you have recently traveled, which it's been a while, and that you have some things to tell us. So where have you been? Well, um, the Balkans area um, in between Europe and Asia, etc., is the area that I went to this time. And the actual countries are Serbia and Albania. And um, what I'm going to do today is talk about the um, the move of God in that area that for a long time was, um, shall we say, non-existent. And now all of a sudden, there's life coming into it. And people are wondering, well, where is this? Well, it's near, it's north of Athens, Greece. It is on the Mediterranean. It's across the pond, shall we say, from Italy. And it's mm. those countries around Kosovo, um, Serbia, Albania, um, um, that sort of region up in there. There was wars there back in the 1990s, a lot of bloodshed in the area and fighting. Well, that's the area right now that when we've started going in there a few years ago, and it's really, really taking off. For instance, we'll start in Serbia. Um, we work there with a, a, a group, they're, they're called over there, they call themselves gypsies. Now, right. over here in North America, we call them Roma, Romani, right. etc., and things like that. So um, it, it's it's quite a thing because uh, <laughs> I go over there and I start talking about uh, you folks who are the Roma background. And then they interrupt me and say, you mean gypsies? Really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's not offensive to them. Not at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, the, the number one church we um, help there is called the Gypsy Church. <laughs> so it's right on a big sign. So so you have to sort of acclimatize yourself to right? what to call them. So I don't want to offend anybody over here. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll call them Roma. All uh-huh. right. But okay. they're gypsies. Okay. So um, when when we go in there and we help them, um, this is one major cluster, as I would say, of probably about 20 churches all put together in one region. And uh, they are seeing growth, young people coming to the Lord. We've been helping with oh, scripture that we've taken in. We've helped with um, aid in the wintertime because many of them, especially through COVID, were suffering because they didn't have any money because they didn't work in the fields. They're great for market gardening, other small jobs and things like that. They travel around in the summer and uh, they they would do the gardening, etc. And then in the wintertime, they get enough money together in the summer that they just sort of hunker down for winter. Mm. And uh, therefore, in the churches, uh, it's it's strange because in the summer, there's hardly anybody going to church. Oh. In the winter, it's 24-7, right. seven days a week. And therefore, from, I'm going to say, September, October, all the way through till April, May, um, they're in their own little communities, etc. Other than that, they're traveling, trying to make money for winter. So within Serbia, there's poverty, but within the Romani people, it's extreme poverty. Is that it's, true? It, it, well, it's a low standard of living in the Balkans as a whole. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a number. Some people might argue with this number, but I'm just ballparking it. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the countryside, a family would probably make about $500 per month. And in the city, like um, a Belgrade, it's probably going to be around 1000 Um So therefore, in Western standards, it's low. Right. In their standards over there, um, this is livable. 
but it's at the low end. And therefore, they're always trying to figure out ways. So they, they have these huge gardens, and they put tomatoes down, and they grow them in these hothouses, their own little hothouses and um, covered areas. And then they've, they've got all sorts of um, chopping of wood and going out and getting that. So those are the things that right. during COVID was a problem. We helped them with that. Um, also, um, various other things helped them with a van to pull everybody around and to go out to these remote areas where the churches were gathering and to help them there. So those are the things we've been doing now when I went in there and I started to ask them about, uh, you know, their growth and everything like that, it was stunning. They took me out to the countryside and uh, we went to this one uh, Romani, Roma village. Okay. All right. And this is just a bunch of houses put together at the intersection of the highway and another road. There were two little stores and um, one was a grocery store and I think one was a bar and the other on top or beside it was um, some sort of clothing store, secondhand clothing store. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So we went along and then we went down this road right into the middle of the houses. And there happened to be this, it looked like a old business where there was one room the size of a bedroom. I'm going to say 12 by 12. And there was another room attached to it, which was like about eight by 10. All right. And in, I walked inside, there were some wooden seats in there, and there was um, a wood stove. And I walked in and I said, so this is church? <laughs> and they said, yeah, this is church. This is the only building that's not a house in the entire region. So you're describing it very rustic. That's the image I have in my it's head. It's rustic. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's bare and okay. rustic. Um, and so um, I, I said, so how many people gather here in the church? 60. Wow. And I said, you get 60 people in here? He says, well, it's sitting and standing and sitting on top of one another room. <laughs> and he says, well, there are two guys, um, a past, two pastors that go in to do these services throughout the week. All right. So when they go in, the one guy gets up at the front by the wood stove and he teaches from there. And that's the leader of the thing. And um, the other pastor goes outside because there's no room to stand. And so therefore they switch places all the time. And I said, well, this is a remarkable, but how do you get all 60 in? And he says, well, the windows and the doors are open. People stand outside. Winter is a little challenging, he says, <laughs> because um, it gets really cold. So everybody takes turns in going outside to get cold wow. and then comes in to warm up. Wow. So I, I looked at this and I said, is there no other place in town to rent um, for church? Because this was something like, I think they said it was $80 per month which would be like 20 bucks per Sunday right. to use it, to rent this area. And um, he, he says, no, there's nothing around. And I said, well, let's go for a drive. And I said, what about that old abandoned store over there? Well, we could do that, but it's right next door to the bar and the bar gives us a hard time. And <laughs> Okay, okay, I get the drift. So then we went and looked at some houses and um, it was, they are trying their best, absolutely trying their best. When I got back into town, I said to the leader, and it's the largest evangelical church in Serbia, and I said to the leader, I said, so how many of those churches could you start if you had the manpower and if you had the ability to go out and do it? He says, within 20 minutes drive of where you stand right here, we could start 20 churches overnight. 20 churches. 20 churches. <laughs> and they would all be somewhere in the 60 to 100 wow. or 150 size. 
People don't come just because there's no room. And um, it's just difficult. So they're trying to do creative things. With young people, they go into the villages throughout the week and um, they take some pizza with them. They make pizza at home. They take pizza with them. They go in, everybody brings their guitar and musical instruments. They have a worship service. They do teaching. They, we, we sponsored a kids camp um, there. It's a teen camp and a youth camp. So it would cover two different groups. I'm going to say between 10, 11, 12 years of age, and the top end would be about 18. And so um, I looked at these pictures. These kids are on their knees, praying, hands raised, um, the, the one group, they had never been before out of the city, out of the town, the little town. They'd never been out of that in their life, and they'd never been in a hotel or a motel or something of that nature. Right. So they went to this, and they were thrilled beyond belief. And I said, well, what about the spiritual depth? And they, they said, these kids are just begging to know the answers of a life, to have Christian friends, to walk for the Lord. They, they, they're just eager beyond belief. And I could see it by the tears coming down their cheeks in the pictures, by the ones that I met. Um, this is an opportunity. We, we're trying to find ways to help them to expand. It's just the physical conditions are difficult. And now with the downturn in the economy because of the Ukraine situation, the war, lack of food, etc. They've watched their the prices of gasoline. They've right. watched food prices, um, bread. Oh, there are two currencies I found. Two currencies. I couldn't believe this. Never found this before. So they've got their lek, which is um, their, their, I think it's lek. Oh, but getting my countries mixed up here. But uh, their local currency, okay. whatever that local yep. currency is. And then they've got another currency. And it's loaves of bread. And, and he says, yeah, that's, a, that, that's worth five loaves of bread. And I said, well, what's five loaves mean? And he <laughs> says, that's how many loaves of bread we have a day for a family of four. In other words, everything is based around bread as being the staple. Right. And I looked at their, their food is incredibly good. And uh, they've got various things, but it's all around pastries and bread as a foundation. Then they add on top of that mm. the vegetables and the meat, et cetera, and things like that. So um, the, uh, everything got created, uh, got told to me as far as inflation via bread <laughs> and the cost thereof. And that made a lot more sense to me after a while. They're very concerned this winter. A lot of people are going to be starving. Really? And um, it's just that the widows and the poor people and the ones that live in containers, literal 20-foot containers in the w- middle of winter, they live in those. Those are their houses. How do they warm them? They don't. They don't. So like a sea can. Yes. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, are they? Yeah. Yeah. There. Okay. And uh, they, so I think we saw a picture of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they start <laughs> fires outside. Okay. They have a they have a 45-gallon drum that they'll burn stuff in, trying to keep warm that way. Um, we've helped out with um, clothes and, and shoes mm-hmm. for the kids especially. It's it's a little rugged and it's going to get more rugged. And I think Karis and I were just talking about this. We're, we've we're, I think we're going to see this around the world mm-hmm. this winter. Um, it's going to be tougher from some of the countries that we work in. When when you were talking about how they could start twenty churches immediately, that verse where it talks about the harvest is ripe, mm-hmm. it's a perfect example of it. it there, it's waiting. Mm-hmm. The problem that we've got, and Karis, that's exactly true. 
they don't have enough trained pastors, leaders. There really aren't Bible schools in the area whereby the um, um, the Romani, the gypsy folks would go to for training and learning with their level of education that they've got already. Uh, Therefore, they're trying to train, train them in the churches. It's tough because each of these people have got to make a living themselves. Right. Um, and it, it's a catch-22. So that's why we're coming alongside and we are doing whatever we can to help them multiply. How many people are born again amongst the community? I ask this. In other words, maybe they don't come to church, maybe on a regular basis, maybe uh, they can't because you got to stand outside when it's cold. Maybe it all. And I said, how many are born again? He says, a lot. And he says, it's just the fact that our system, that the, the way that the West judge what a Christian would do and behave like, shall we say, and going to church once a week or twice a week, things that sort of thing, right. we can't judge it according to that. We have to talk to the people and ask them where they stand. And uh, when they confess Jesus and that they love him and that all these things, they're truly born again. Mm-hmm. It's just the system is somewhat broken there. And um, therefore, I learned in this, don't start judging. <laughs> don't start comparing. You just deal with them in their, in their communities the way they are. Jesus has got the scorecard in heaven. And that's all that matters. You know, it's so easy to draw parallels because when you're talking about them squeezing into the room, I think of the church in China, you're always telling stories about um, the Chinese believers squeezing into tiny house churches Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then the the non-judging and the letting them live in their culture. That's so reminiscent about Ethiopia as well. Oh, yeah. Every country in the world where there's a lot of people coming to the Lord Westerners have a habit of judging and putting a a, a scale beside them and whether they add up to our scale of Bible knowledge, commitment, Hmm. um, number of times in church in a given month, etc. We have our levels that we judge people around the world by. Hmm. And therefore, I, I still go back whenever I hear these sort of critical words coming my direction. I still go back to Jesus with the two thieves on the cross. And that one thief that accepted the Lord on the cross, boy, he didn't have much discipleship, but Jesus said, you're going to be in heaven with me today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, you sort of have to look through a bit of God's eyes as to mm-hmm. the heart. And the people in this region, their heart is aching to find truth. They are finding it. They are being water baptized. Like they have 35, 50 people water baptized every month. No problem. That's and, incredible. Oh, it is. And it's it, it's growing. Mm-hmm. So that's that. When I Now, okay, quickly now, that's Serbia. Over to Albania. And Albania is right next to Serbia? Right next, sort of. Okay. Uh, two countries over, but close. Okay. In the neighborhood. Uh, it's in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's it, From where I was in southern Serbia, uh, it would be a three-hour drive to get to the border, okay. probably. Okay. So we're in Albania meeting with this um, pastor and his wife and the network that they've got for all the Albanian speaking churches in the area. And I think the total number I'm going to talk about that they are connected with, sort of like the leaders of, it's about 200 churches. Now, some of these churches um, are 30, 40 in size. Again, the similar problem um, to trying to get places to worship, trying to get trained leaders to do it. Um, They've been abandoned by a lot. There, I've, I, I heard stories, I won't mention names, but I heard of denominations 
And they would send their people over there, etc. And they wouldn't help the pastors get to a point where they could be self-supporting, like we do with, with pastoral support. And they would let them put the name on the church door of this Western denomination, but they wouldn't give them any help at all with anything else. Hmm. And therefore, this one young pastor I, I interviewed, and uh, he was living, his wife, he had a, a wife who was Gypsy Romani, and two little kids, a wonderful young man. And I would suspect that he was probably in his mid-20s, upper 20s, trying and working hard to, um, to, to run the church. But he had to work all day and then try to do ministry at night, and no help was coming from anyone. So when I sat there and I said, can we give you a hand so you can dedicate yourself more to the ministry? It's almost like tears came into his eyes. And I said, so would $500 help? He says, right now, I work all the time, and he says, I have to take a loan out at the end of the month just to get food for the last week, and then I pay it off at the beginning of the next month, mm. and then, and I'm saying, they're thinking, my goodness, and people are watching this and walking by, almost like the man on the Jericho Road. They would walk by, and they could see they needed help, right. and therefore, I, I'm thinking to myself, we can help this guy. So we are. He walked away from there with hope. Hmm. He walked away there with a smile and thinking, thank you, Lord, for answering my prayer. Now, I told him, this is short term. You're going to get up and running. Your church is going to grow. We're going to help your church to grow. So you're going to be self-supporting very, very soon. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And Which is probably what he wants. That's what he wants. Exactly. He, 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 and, and he's got everything in place. It just needs that kickstart. Right. Perfect example of what we do with short-term pastoral mm -hmm. support. And uh, so we, we, we saw a bunch of these folks. We're doing New Testaments right now. We um, secured Bibles for them. Um, uh, it, it, it's fantastic. The one brother uh, who's sort of the head of it, um, he's, he, he is the largest church in Albanian-speaking community. He's on radio and television three to five times a day sometimes. And um, I said, so have you have your own, your own um, Christian TV show? No, no. He says, These, this is all secular, and these are new sort of uh, debates. They love that over there. And so they'll televise these debates about what's in the news and stuff. And they'll invite me. He says, sometimes they invite me to be on five times a day to give the evangelical Christian position. <laughs> and so he says, I get up there and do my thing, and I preach the gospel and everything. Oh, yeah. And they allow it. And he says, people know me. We went for a drive. He and his wife and myself showing me all the churches, meeting pastors and everything like that. I have never been with a celebrity like this in my <laughs> life. Serious. And really? I, I, oh, we went into a coffee shop and it was in a Muslim community. The Muslim leaders were there having coffee, brought drinks over to him, wanted to shake his hand. And, is that right? and this is evangelical with a Muslim, etc. And they, they left on the table all sorts of Red Bull. Um, for us to drink. I've never had a Red Bull in my life, but I gave it away. So anyway, uh, but they wanted to bless us. Okay. Oh, wow. Went to another place. Our dessert was free. All the waiters came over and wanted to shake his hand. Uh, went to another place, more coffee. And they brought out all this fruit on the table. And they, they, they all gathered around and wanted to shake his hands, etc. They admire him for his walk with God, his, his, his godly words that are coming out, mm -hmm. his unashamed faith in Jesus and many of these people are from various religious backgrounds, et cetera, like that. And it doesn't matter 
because they look at him, a shining example of what Jesus can do. And that's why in the churches of Albania right now, I saw this. Um, they, they need, again, help. Just help to get over the hump. Mm. And uh, that's why we're going to be sinking a lot of effort and time, money, Bibles, New Testaments, all sorts of help into Albania and to Serbia. These people, these people, um, I, I'm going to try to say this in a very, very powerful way if I can. i got to find the words to do this. They are hungry beyond belief. They are hungry for reality and truth. They have lived with false religions and hoping that government and politics will save them and that if politics doesn't save them, war will. They finally have seen the light in that only Jesus can answer the needs in their lives. The food factor, yes. They're hungry many times. Mm -hmm. um, that can be partially fixed. And God is doing on the spiritual side miracles in their midst. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to talk about. Oh, okay. Well, that is very, very exciting. Thank you so much for that update.